So, Gab, uh, a couple of weeks back, I went to uh, Vancouver Island at the uh, Vancouver Island Motorsport uh, Circuit, uh, which is uh, near Victoria. To drive a vehicle that hasn't lost its manual gearbox yet, <laughs> uh, and also a, a hot hatch, a five-door vehicle, kind of like the Subaru Impreza, but much more, much different, and much more geared towards enthusiasts. And we're talking about the Toyota GR Corolla. Uh, the GR Corolla is not your typical Corolla, and people think that, well, it's built on the same uh, frame, same platform, and it is, but it it uses much more bracing and uh, hundreds more welds to be able to keep it yeah. uh, together, together. <laughs> <laughs> on the track and to keep it in, in, in you know, straight and, and stuck to the ground. And uh, the vehicle obviously uses all, all, uh, all of the, uh, the, uh, the Toyota uh, uh, technologies from the Corolla, the inside. If you step into the GR Corolla, it kind of looks like a Corolla. It's not, you know, and it's in the same fashion as uh, the GTI and the Golf R that have gone Moved towards the screen and digital, mm-hmm. and gave up a little bit of that that flair, that that uh, uh, textures that we liked. So you see a lot of piano black and a lot of of, of stitching uh, to justify kind of uh, a higher price for this vehicle. But I, I think the key thing you mentioned is you know all this bracing. They, obviously, they want to make the car as stiff as possible because yes. if the chassis is stiff, then you can tune the suspension for for performance and right. things like that. But what's interesting to me is is, is that. That you know, turbocharged that very small engine with a with a with a turbo on top. Definitely, you know, that, yeah, that sounds pretty. It's a three cylinder, yeah, exactly. one point six liter engine. So a very, you know, they I think they cram like twenty two foot uh, twenty two psi of pressure boost for the turbo for wow. the turbocharger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, there's two variants, right? There's one one uh, well, actually there's three. There's Core, Circuit, and Morizo. Morizo is the one that has the more uh, torque, which is 300 horsepower, but 295 foot-pounds of torque. The other variants have 273 foot-pounds of torque. So it's still very powerful, very gutsy for a three-cylinder engine. Uh, when I drove it on the circuit, I drove the Maurizio, um, uh variant, which is limited to 10 examples in Canada. And uh, I'll tell you later how why it's called Maurizio, but it felt like the three-cylinder was... Um, I've, under 3,000 RPM, Nothing. a little bit of lag. Nothing. If, if you if you ask a three-cylinder 1.6 liter, I mean, it's the displacement, yeah. it's yeah, physics. Exactly, yeah. You know, uh, good yeah. ball bearings, good uh, 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 piping from the intercooler, from the, the turbocharger to the intercooler, trying to get that pressure back into the admission, huh. uh, the the uh, the, uh, the intake, the intake yeah. Yeah. is 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 a challenge that you know years of turbocharging technologies have taken to be able to reduce lag, mm. but still, when you have that small d- 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 of displacement. I mean, you know, it takes a little bit more time, but it's kind of, it's still impressive that they made it uh, earlier, you know, like it's, it doesn't take until 45,000, uh, 4,500 RPMs to be able to have some fun. Um, so basically you're saying from 3,000 to Redline, it's a happy it's camper. Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not Armageddon, but but very happy camper. Mm. Uh, like you said, very fun to drive, very nimble vehicle. Uh, and, and, but not only, you know, I can talk about it on the racetrack and say, well, it handles well. You know, it doesn't show any body roll in the corners. Of course, it's 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 fun, but 
they let us go out uh, in in some of the windy roads on Vancouver Island, and I noticed that this the, the car it has a, a um, uh, the, the not the drive mode selector, but it, it it's called the, the GR4 all wheel drive system. You can yeah. go fifty fifty front and rear, uh, 60, 40 and 30, 70 for like, uh, uh, you know, like uh, other application, road applications and be able to, to dial the all wheel drive system going from road to gravel and throwing the vehicle around. I kind of felt like it was like, a, 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 you know, driving the, 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 the early 2000s all wheel drive WRX, you know, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, very, yeah. very uh, uh, fun, very, very uh, uh, dynamic and it, it will, it, Definitely put a smile on my face to yeah. be able to go on the road with this vehicle, let alone being being able to drive it on the track. Yeah, it's kind of cool that you mentioned that, that you can sort of like... Uh, uh Tune, if so to speak, the the the, the all wheel drive, or you know the the send more power to the to the rear yes. and things like that. Fully balanced, exactly. uh, super super efficiency. used to have that back yep. in the day. You know, you had that that dial on the center console, which was like the center diff, so you could you could send more power to the rear, yeah, or to less to the front, things like that. So that's kind of cool that they they decided to go uh, to go that way. Yeah, and it's interesting also because you know. Toyota, when you think of Toyota, you think of uh, beige Corollas driving very slowly in the left lane with the blinker on for kilometers <laughs> on end. You don't necessarily think about an all-wheel drive hot hatch with a turbo three-cylinder engine. Right. <laughs> that, that, that sounds pretty wicked. So uh, it, it kind of goes against uh, goes against the grain, so to speak. But yeah, it shows that they... They, Toyotas can be interesting if you let the engineers loose and if you give them enough uh, en enough loose rope. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> But talking about that, yeah. the Maurizio variant, yeah. Mo Maurizio is the nickname of I, um, uh, Akio Toyota, which is the head uh, at Toyota. Yeah, exactly. And he's, Maurizio is his racing name or moniker and he apparently is a very hands-on person when it comes to, to testing the vehicles. He races some of the vehicles. He tests uh, factory cars right out of the factory. And they they kind of wanted, they named a variant after him, kind of wanted, wanted to show that, hey, you know, fun to drive cars are not gone at Toyota. We're not only known for the Camrys and the taxi cars and whatnot. And so they gave, they gave him, uh, they gave his name to one of the more aggressive variants yeah. of the vehicle. And it's a good idea on the engineers uh, who developed this program to name one of the models with the nickname of the boss because then he can't axe the program. <laughs> yeah, he can't kill it. He's invested <laughs> personally yeah, in that. <laughs> um, you, uh, you were in uh, Spain uh, yeah. uh, earlier and yeah. uh, driving uh, one of uh, Audi's latest, uh, the Audi R8 GT. Yeah, exactly. Audi uh, R8 model. Everybody's familiar with the the R8. You know, uh, Audi's uh, sports car uh, shares a lot of uh, components with the Lamborghini Huracan, namely that uh, fabulous, normally aspirated 5.2 liter V10 oh, engine. Oh my God, so so beautiful to exactly. drive. So beautiful to hear as well. And but you know, the R8 for a long, long time was an all-wheel drive car, and then they developed this uh, R, this uh, rear-wheel drive variant. So making it obviously. Uh, Uh, no, no front, no front diff. <laughs> yeah, <know>? light. <laughs> you know, lighter. Yeah, a little bit lighter. And but always, you know, in, in the past couple of years, the high performance version of the V10 was only on the Quattro car. You know, only on the all-wheel drive car. And 
the rear-wheel drive car had a lower horsepower grade of that same 5.2-liter V10. Right. So it was like 612 horsepower with the all-wheel drive and 563 horsepower with the rear-wheel drive car. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> with the RAGT, they put the big engine, you know, the high-powered version of the engine with the the rear-wheel drive. And that's, that's really what's new about this car. It's like you get the full pop, 612 horsepower in a rear-wheel drive package. That sounds absolutely lovely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> pretty bonkers. And <clears throat> the key thing about the uh, this RAGT is that, first of all, it's a limited production. They're only building 333 cars for the world. Jeez. Only 10 will be sold in Canada, 150 uh, in the U.S., and the rest will be scattered throughout you know, the, the, the other markets. But... What's really cool about this one is that they've developed a, a new um, uh, new drive mode, which is called Torque Rear. So basically, on the steering wheel, you have four buttons. They're, they're called the satellite buttons. You know, knobs that you can that you can turn. And the drive mode button, when you select Torque Rear, you now get seven different levels of intervention for the um, uh, the wheel spin regulation, but right. also for the electronic stability control. Okay. So, if you leave it at one, you know you still get your your, your electronic driving aids. When you go all the way up to seven, <laughs> oh, it gets a little bit lower, more lenient. Uh, you can drift the car. Okay. okay? So they had a drift uh, parkour uh, in the in the paddock at uh, Circuito Monte Blanco, just outside Sevilla, Spain. So the first order of business was just just that: get in the car. You know, drive it, up, put it in second gear, dial the torque mode to seven, and just you know crank the wheel and then punch the gas and hang on. I've you seen know. you do do that before on video <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. I think it's not the first time. Well, you'll you'll be able to check out the video. It's going to be on the website. It's yes. pretty pretty cool looking. So, anyways, so we did. Uh, I did a you know I don't know five seven minutes of of drifting, and that's all it took to you know get rid of one set of rear tires you know they're <laughs> pretty much done by that point and then <clears throat> I switched to another car and I drove it on the on the track on the on the road course um it's a fabulous car, obviously you know it goes like hell and what's amazing about this engine is that it's its r p m limit is eight thousand seven hundred r p m s you know it's pretty high yes, and when the engine is running at that speed. Each one of the pistons that is moving, each one of the 10 pistons, covers a distance of 27 meters at every second. Okay? <laughs> that's an interesting, that's a, that's <laughs> yeah. a fun fact to know. <laughs> exactly. So wow. when you think about it, you, you know, you're in the car, you're driving, you hear Wah! like that, and then you th- start thinking about it and talking to the engineers, and that's the piston is covering 27 meters per second. It's unbelievable when you think about it. And... Um, it's it's it, from from just the speed of the movement of the piston. It's almost equivalent to a Formula One engine. Yeah, you know. So, and again, you know, normally aspirated, so that glorious, glorious sound. The gearbox, obviously, seven-speed dual clutch. They shorten the ratios. You know, and the the, the car shifts faster than the other R8s. Um, adaptive suspension, obviously, carbon ceramic brakes standard. Uh, Morelli, uh, Michelin Sport Cup 2 tires, standard, <laughs> you oh, know, geez. very, very grippy stuff. Yeah. Um, all the carbon fiber aerodynamic devices. So, you know, front splitter, winglets on the side of the front fascia, carbon fiber, swan neck mounted rear wing, the whole width of the car in the back. So 
Yeah, it's it's a, it's a proper looking machine and it goes like hell and it's a lot of fun. And obviously, because you don't have the all-wheel drive, the steering is very, very direct, you know, so it turns in way sharper than the uh, R8 Quattro. Right. Um, it's a little bit slower on the 0 to 100, but that's because it doesn't have all-wheel drive. Right. So you're going like 3.4 instead of 3.1. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the all-wheel drive car will be quicker because the front, <laughs> front tires yes. are contributing to moving the car forward which you don't have here. Um, they've also, you know, developed stuff like uh, crazy stuff, like a uh, sway bar that's made out of uh, plast- uh, carbon reinforced, uh, carbon fiber reinforced plastics and aluminum just to make it lighter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so the car weighs 1,570 kilos. I think it's 20 kilos lighter okay. than the, the previous R8 um, rear wheel drive. Like I said, goes like hell, sounds like, like a bat out of hell and they're only making 333 and only 10 are available in Canada and it's going to cost well over 250 grand. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, three colors only. Three colors only yeah. as well. So they, Daytona gray, Suzuka gray and Tango red. <laughs> that's it. It's so, it's, it's kind of the, one of the last ones, right? Exactly. Uh, I, you vehicle. know, obviously, Obviously, I think it's the last. It's the swan song. Yeah, I think for the for the for the V10 normally aspirated because you know it's it's getting tougher and tougher and tougher for car manufacturers like Audi or Lamborghini to have these engines meet you know the new emission regs. Right, and so which it, keep getting tougher and exactly tougher. they keep getting tougher and moving the needle. So eventually, you know, a car like the R8 <clears throat> is going to be electrified in some way yeah so you you can start thinking maybe you know that the next one will maybe be a hybrid or obviously won't have a v10 normally aspirated engine probably v8 turbo something like that you know they're they're gonna have to move in that direction and to electrify uh the car for you know for the next gen that's that's for sure so yeah, if you really want to get your hands on a V10 powered, normally aspirated sports car, now's your chance. Yes. <laughs> Drive him if you either, got him. <laughs> either that or a Lamborghini Huracan. And, right. You know, for a limited time only, as they say. So Christmas is coming uh, next uh, in the next weeks, uh, but we'll have we're not we're not uh, going to stop uh, doing the podcast obviously because it's Christmas and we're still driving cars in the in the winter and in the snow. But you're not going anywhere near where it's cold for your next <laughs> test drive, which is the uh, new Audi Q8 e-tron. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're going to. Uh Lanzarote, that's uh, one of the islands in the Canary Islands off the coast of Africa. It belongs to Spain. And that's where Audi is going to launch uh, the Q8 e-tron. Now, you're, you're starting to think, okay, Q8, we know what that is. The, you know, it's the coupe of the uh, coupe version of the Q7. The e-tron, we know, is their SUV, electric-powered SUV. But now they're matching those two names together. Uh, which does not mean that the Q8 <laughs> with, a, with a gasoline engine is disappearing from nope. the, you know, it's still going to, to, to be the Q8, but they've decided to give the, the Q8 moniker to the, uh, to the e-tron Quattro, which will be available, obviously, um, uh, either as a SUV, but also in the sport back uh, configuration. Gotcha. And um, <clears throat> what's interesting 
but that's for the world market for for Canada we're only going to get the uh, the SUV uh, SUV version but essentially what they've done with this car <clears throat> you know it's been four years since the uh, Audi e-tron Quattro has been on the market yeah here. it's an old yeah it's old it's one, SUV yeah, yeah exactly because one. you know with Jaguar I-Pace I think uh, obviously the first and the Model Y yeah but then that one came came shortly thereafter so what they've done with this one is they're, they're, they've tweaked the energy management system and in order to give the car much, much more range. So it's going to be interesting to see what we get uh, real, real world. But what they're announcing right now is they're, they're looking at 582 uh, kilometers for the SUV and 600 for the Sportback. Wow, that's, yeah. uh, that's daring. <laughs> yeah, the, again, that's WLTP, you know, yeah. the, so... So we're, we're, we're looking something, you know, closer to just a shade above 500 for us, you know, probably 520 uh, kilometers. If you, if you're thinking of making, if you're making that conversion to the, right, to the EPA range, Environmental Protection Agency, which is more, more realistic. So that is a huge, you know, huge change yep. for, for the e-tron uh, Quattro to, 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 to have that much more range. So that's, that's going to be the, 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 the key, uh, the key thing. So, um, the other thing too is, you know, they've, they've changed the, uh, the rear engine, the rear motor. It's got now 14 coils instead of 12, which makes, makes it more powerful. Mm-hmm. But in order to maintain a certain given speed, it requires less energy. So it's either, <laughs> you know, that contributes also to the, to the more range. To the more range more factor, range yeah. Vehicle. So if you want the full oomph of the, uh, you know, if you step on the, on the throttle, you get, much more power. Ah, than it's like before. it's like cylinder deactivation, it's but for, <laughs> for, for an electric kinda, motor, <laughs> kind of, sort of, you know. So, um, <clears throat> so like that. Um, obviously, it's an it's an SUV. It's got uh, air suspension. Kay. You can adjust the ride height to go off road, things like that, which you could do uh, with the e-tron Quattro before, but they obviously have kept that for uh, for the Q8. And, uh, you know, they've tweaked uh, other stuff. They've tweaked the suspension. They've tweaked the steering. But again, the key thing is just that, <clears throat> you know, more, you'll be able to get more range out of that uh, electric SUV than before. And so I think uh, we'll get a closer or a more accurate um, idea of uh, what kind of range can be expected after driving the vehicle, obviously. Right. But so far on paper, that's what we're looking at right now, and it's. I think it's going to make it a more compelling proposition than than it than it is currently. Yep. Because it has more, uh, you know, more range, and that's uh, evidently what everybody's looking for. Yes. In terms of uh, electric SUVs. Cool. I'm uh, for my part. I have much less to say about my my preview. It's. Uh, a couple of weeks back, I was in Japan. Uh, drive, we drove an Acura prototype. I can't tell you anything about it. However, the embargo lifts uh, at the end of the month, which is uh, in uh, the beginning of December. Next time we speak, we'll be able to. I'll be able to tell you all about that Acura prototype that I drove on uh, Honda's research and development track in Japan at Motegi. Yes. <laughs> So thank you for listening. Uh, Stay tuned for uh, the sixth episode uh, in a couple of weeks and uh, we'll be able to cover more news until then and uh, for our uh, next test drive uh, before Christmas. Thank you very much. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Car Guide podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like. Visit us at carguideweb.com for daily updates and news on everything auto, 
as well as weekly reviews and drives. You can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at The Official Car Guide. 